Hi, hello and welcome to the show Who Am I? A journey into the mindset of success looking at uh, different special guests every week and their mindset and mental health towards success. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Good evening. Uh, good evening. Today we have with us um, Professor Dr. Sanwar Chowdhury, who has been a mentor to me for the last few years and uh, an inspiration for many others, I'm sure. He's an entrepreneur, an academic, a philanthropist, and a chartered accountant by profession with a PhD in finance. Assalamu alaikum, Dr. Sanwar Chowdhury. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, no problem at all, sir. No problem at all. So uh, re the reason for this show is uh, for us to, you know, we, we, a lot of us, you're very infamous in, 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 in the community and the wider community as well. And a lot of people don't have access to you to maybe ask you questions about, uh, you know, how you have been so successful in your career and in your family life and stuff like that. So it, it, it's a little bit of an insight into your life if we can get that from you today. So what I wanted to start off with is uh, maybe a bit about your youth, like growing up, you know, where you grew up and your, the memories that you have and maybe sort of uh, uh, what sort of inspired you to get into the direction that you headed. Sure. Um I think, uh, thank, thank you for asking me um, all of those different things. I think, um, yeah. I think like every one of us, um, you know, our parents, especially our fathers, came to this country. My father came to the UK in 1956. Um, he was a headmaster in Bangladesh, but obviously looking for uh, economic uh, enrichment, economic reward. He, he came to the UK in 56. Um, worked very hard um, within foundries, within uh, very uh, manual type of work in the UK, in, in the Midlands, in, in Luton and other parts of the UK. Um, he applied for us to join him, I think it was late uh, 69, um, 70. Yeah. Then the uh, independence war started in 71. My yeah. father was an only child. Um, my grandmother died when he was a child. Um, my grandfather remarried again, and you know uh, we have quite a, a four uncles and two aunties from from that side. Yeah. And my mother again, a, a very uh, her mother died. My nanny uh, yeah. died as she, when she was a child. So my mother uh, grew up uh, being brought up by my second nanny that uh, my nana married. Uh, after uh, my own nanny passed away. So uh, quite a, a small, very tragic beginning for my parents. Oh, yeah. Um, he, he came to the UK, uh, got married, I think, uh, in the late um, 60s, possibly uh, 67, 68. Uh, not, not 67, 68, probably 58, 59. Yeah. Um, I was born in 66. Um, so I was about, um, what, five when the... Independence War took place. Yeah. Um, so we went to Dhaka back and forth for three, four years before our entry visas were granted in um, 74, late 74, early 75. And then we eventually joined him, my brother and I, uh, with my mum, 
joined my father in 19, uh, July 75 uh, in, in sunny UK. And it was quite sunny. It was July <laughs> of 1975 when I came to the UK. Um, yeah, a lot of lending the... Heathrow, yeah. I landed, I think it was Gatwick, and um, there were hippies uh, coming out of, uh, you know, coaches, and my first sight at um, hair other than black uh, <laughs> or dark black. Um, so it's quite an interesting uh, start, but like everybody else, a very humble uh, start to our lives. Um, me, yeah. my younger brother, who's five years younger than me, uh, and my mum joined our, our sort of uh, father who was already settled in the UK uh, in 75. So where did you grow up then? Uh, which part of the UK did you first come to? So in 75, um, we came to Luton. Um, okay. My father had bought a house in 1972. Um, we stayed in Luton for about three months um, and then went and joined my father who opened his first uh, business, an Indian restaurant yeah. uh, in Kings Lynn, uh, Norfolk, very near... Oh where you are based, uh, yeah. Newmarket, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Cambridge. So yeah. further north, further to the east um, in the Norfolk Fens. Um, yeah. So Kings Lynn, that's where he opened the yeah, current so most, most of your childhood spent in Kings Lynn then? In Kings Lynn, that's right. So, so oh, 75 right. uh, yeah. till mid-80s, I was, I was in Kings Lynn. Oh, right. I see. I see. And uh, what, what, what was it like? Because uh, I can imagine it wasn't a very Asian area or it wasn't nothing like Luton, I suppose. So what was it like growing up somewhere like that? Well, this is what youngsters these days don't realize. Um, yeah. It wasn't all fun and uh, sort of uh, jolly. Um, yeah. I think the uh, 70s and 80s were really tough yeah. for those kids growing up in the UK. Yeah. The National Front, racism, yeah. um, you know, constant uh, being uh, sought out and, and targeted. You know, it was happening in London. It was happening everywhere. In, even in Kings Lynn, you had yeah. the National Front everywhere, visibly, um, yeah. skinheads and so on. Yeah, so I, I grew up well. in an all-white neighborhood, went to a yeah. comprehensive, which was all white. Yeah. Um, but luckily, you know, I managed to uh, weave my way through... Um, connect with a few people and manage to um you know go come out of it unscathed but yeah. again um it was a difficult time it was a time where people were fearful my parents were fearful because yeah um, there was no there were no mobile phones if something happened and again you know uh, people were targeted um the nearest phone was maybe half a mile away uh, a telephone box yeah um and the police did not respond very quickly so no. it was quite a um you know vivid childhood yeah so Not... your 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 primary education was uh in king's lynn and then uh, uh university and stuff where did you spend your time in, in university well this is the interesting thing um yeah. you know i could have been still living in king's lynn yeah um, having qualified as an electrician oh wow because <laughs> after i left school yeah uh, all I wanted to be was an electrician for some reason. Oh, wow. So uh, the Eastern yeah. Electricity Board at the time was the biggest employer in Kings Lynn. Uh, 200 applicants, only six were selected, and luckily I was one of them. Yeah. Uh, we did a six-week induction, and first day on the job, I was, I was in the middle of a field looking up at an electricity pylon. Uh, it was rainy, it was wet, uh, cold, damp. Yeah. Um, 
And, you know, at that time, that was when an epiphany hit. That was when I said, being an electrician isn't what I want to do. Yeah. Isn't what I want to become. Yeah. I want to do something different. Yeah. So, within that day, I came back home and um, I said to my dad, look, you know, this isn't what I want to do. I don't want to be an electrician. Um, I, you know, I, w- I want to go and study and do something else. Yeah. He goes, look, uh, and my father was a very understanding uh, person, but he wanted us to follow, um, you know, to be educated and, and to yeah. follow. Um, so I went and did one year A-level course in Peterborough. So I spent two years in Peterborough. Yeah. Um, so uh, one year uh, A-levels in economics, law and accounting. Okay. And I found that accounting was something that I liked, that I enjoyed. I yeah. also liked law, so I could have then become a lawyer or a yeah. electrician. Yeah. Uh, two of my Pakistani friends, um, they were doing law and they, they were pushing me to become a lawyer. Uh, we then, from there, um, got results. So they were studying for two years. I did A-levels in a year. I got good grades. Yeah. We ended up where uh, it's now called Thames Valley University Yeah. Um, in Ealing, um, where I studied accounting and finance. And I think my friends, they on, went on to study law. We stayed together. Um, so I could have become a lawyer. Oh, or, wow. an, uh, or an accountant, so, an or even accountant, an, it was. or even an electrician, <laughs> or an electrician beforehand. Yes, and again, I you know I go back and I look at um, uh, those other people that that joined at the same time. I keep in touch with John, um, a friend of mine who became an electrician, and again, yeah. you know, he's achieved basically. He's got a comfortable life. He's got his own house. Uh, he's got a van. Um, he's got his own business, but. That is about all, you know, the things yeah. that I've been able to achieve coming yeah. out of Kings Lynn yeah. and following what I did uh, you know, was a total um, game changer. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, academically, you've done amazingly, uh, like, you know, well, and it, and but the, the thing I'm kind of interested in, like from an academic background, you went into entrepreneurship you know you went into business and you did other things what was that kind of light bulb moment that thought well no i want to do business as well as this you know Uh, well enterprise was always in the back of my mind i wanted to do things and my target was in those days they used to give they used to have competitions where you could win you know a lifetime salary so you could get uh, you know, twenty thousand pounds a year for the rest of your life. You know, yeah. those sort of game shows were on. Yeah. Um, and you know, I I said to myself, look, you know, if I could generate, uh, in those days, if I could generate an income without working, and that came to me for the rest of my life, you know, wouldn't that be a you know a great achievement? Yeah. So my target always was um to generate income, uh that I didn't have to then continually work for, perhaps yeah. uh, nurture, but not work for. Yeah. And that's the enterprise seed within me. I mean, I realize now that that is what drove me to do and get involved in so many different things. So yeah. even when I was studying, I was earning a full-time salary. I was driving a decent car. And, yeah. you know, I, I sent my parents to Hajj. Yeah. So you know, those were things that I was doing even when I was studying at university. Right, I see. Right, I see. So, uh, I mean, like, 
uh, when when do you think like your first moment of uh, going into business and like at what age was kind of like the turning point for you thinking that this is you know I'm I'm going to work hard at this and how hard did you have to work to get to where you were you know you know when people say work hard yeah when you enjoy doing something you know yeah. um you've set up restaurants you yeah. enjoy it you know yeah. you, you enjoy you know the the way it happens the process the decoration the yeah. little little touches yeah. you know the menu the tasting the food the yeah. everything yeah it then is more than work it becomes more of a passion yeah so i've never felt as though i have worked in my life although right. i've spent 17 18 hours a day yeah. doing the things that people would call work yeah but i've always felt that it's something that i wanted to do and therefore it never felt like a burden to me yeah and i think that's the difference isn't it that you have to like like i've got a you know young nephews and nieces who have graduated and you know they still kind of feel lost and i and i advise them all the time that you know like you're in your 20s make as make many mistakes as you can you know try different things do different journeys and you'll find something that you enjoy and that's probably the secret to success isn't it like you know to find something that if you enjoy it then it's not a job anymore is it well this is it i mean mm. uh, mistakes mistakes is a wrong wrong word that we use yeah we do different things and we like different things you know if i try three different food items i may like two of them more than the other one yeah. doesn't mean the other one was a mistake that just means it's it's a life experience that i've gone through yeah um, and it's something that's not for me so yeah. um, if i had become an electrician and looked no further just persevered if my dad said look no you've got a job it's a secure job it's, it's, it's with one of the biggest companies in east anglia stick yeah. with it yeah then perhaps i would have still remained an electrician yeah. um, but it was something that my father encouraged me to get into and if it wasn't for him um you know i wouldn't then have all of those different opportunities that i've yeah. had and lots of little things people that i've met the things that came up to me that i i then embraced uh took hold of and and sort of nurtured into something real was yeah. what um ent- entrepreneurship is all about yeah i mean a lot of people like even they even say to me and and i'm sure you've heard it so many times that oh you know luck is on your side but you have to create your own luck isn't that right don't you think <laughs> i think you know i've had so many failures in my life yeah um, you know people sometimes judge me from what i post on facebook yeah well, facebook yeah, is only the good bits that i i go through um yeah. each day uh you know every day starts at even now starts at seven o'clock in the morning yeah and doesn't finish until one o'clock uh the the following morning so that's a long shift uh, yeah. that I'm doing within yeah. which I'm balancing social work and family life. I do a lot more social stuff now, more charitable stuff yeah. than I used to before, but that, that's what I'm doing. So I'm still yeah. investing 17, 18 hours a day into my life, seven yeah. days a week Yeah, uh, from which people see snippets of uh, the fun side. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, like, like I said, touching back on that luck thing, you know, if somebody said to you, like, you know, like people say to you, you know, 
uh, you've been lucky at this or you've been lucky at that. I mean, what, what would you say to that? I mean, I know my answer. My answer is, look, you know, I create my opportunities. Sometimes you'll fail at it. Sometimes you win at it. Uh, but you have to keep persevering. <laughs> exactly. I think, look, if you work hard and yeah. you take risks, of course, there's an element of luck that has to come into play. Yeah. But I think, you know, if you um, cut the onions and, uh, you know, put the oil in and, and put the onions in with a mm. little bit of salt, then you start to get some baseline flavor coming yeah. out straight away. Yeah. If you don't do any of that, but then those flavor, even with all the luck in the world, will never come out. Yeah. So you got to be lucky, you've got to go and buy the lottery ticket. If you yeah. don't, you'll never win the lottery. So yeah. again, I've gone out there, taken the risks, and some risks yeah. haven't paid off. You know, yeah. I have lost money. Um, yeah. you know, projects have gone pear shaped. Yeah. Um, you know, I've lost um, good projects, which uh, yeah. you know, um, very for various reasons I haven't continued yeah. with. Yeah. Um, and again, those are things that uh, people don't yeah. don't see on Facebook. Yeah, that's right. So I wanted to touch a little bit on that. Um, so the word failure is is a horrible word, and I don't know how we reconstruct that word failure. There is no such thing as failure. I mean, failure to me is an experience, um, you know. And how do we get that across to people that if you if you open a small takeaway or if you open a small restaurant or whatever type of business it is, or uh, if you have if it didn't succeed, it's not a failure, and you know what you've learned from it is absolutely invaluable, isn't it? And how do you get back up again and think, no, I'm going to try this again? You know, <laughs> what, you know, what is your mindset? What does your mindset have to say to you that is the word failure doesn't exist? You know, you know what I've realized in life is that everybody has a personal journey. Yeah. So, you know, when my children are born, I said, look, I want my children to be doing this, to be doing that, to do yeah. this, to do that. And if they did what I wanted them to do, you know, with hand on my heart, I would say that they will bet they would have benefited, uh, you know, a hundred times more yeah. than I had benefited. Right. Is that my children want to do what they want to do, what yeah. they enjoy. And like yeah. everybody else's children, yeah. um, you know, they, they want to pursue this, they want to pursue that at the cost of not following on what their parents had done so i know a lot of people that had very successful uh, restaurant businesses with their children were not interested in getting into at all yeah. now doesn't mean they would have become a waiter or a chef they would have been businessmen and they would have been you know highly paid and highly rewarded business people but children not following that is just losing out on a platform that was already created for them yeah. so in terms of failure i think not taking up options that are available for you is an aspect of not taking advantage of that but i think being alive being healthy being with friends and family um we sh we're blessed and therefore we should never consider anything as a failure we should just consider um every day that we're alive as an opportunity yeah yeah so i mean um like uh, as, as a, a small business owner I mean, what kind of advice would you give to them? Like if they say, you know, because everybody has big dreams and it's good to dream big because if you don't dream, there's, there's no ambition. So 
you know, I want to make my small takeaway the best in the area, the best in the district or whatever it is. Like, like what would your advice be on, you know, how, how do you revert your mind? Like you've done so many different businesses, but what gives you that passion? Like even though sometimes you know you might fail at it, but what gives you that drive and that motivation to think, well, even if I fail at it, it doesn't matter, but I will keep going, you know? I think most businesses that fail, fail for one reason, yeah. lack of passion yeah, and lack of imagination. So if I opened a takeaway, yeah. just copying somebody else, yeah. not knowing why they do what they do, uh, not concentrating on why I should be doing what I am doing, then, you know, it's, it's a 50-50 chance of success. Uh, whereas if I go into it and I say, look, you know, I'm opening this takeaway. This is my area. I want to attract customers from this area to come and take up my service, um, have a, a, an uplifting experience when they order a meal, uh, enjoy that experience, and then come and give me repeat business. If I have those things in my mind, then I'm creating something. I'm thinking around where I am. I'm, I've got a holistic mindset. Yeah. Then chances of failure is much lower. Yeah. Um, you know, people, for example, you can go anywhere, middle of anywhere, and create something out of passion, and people do like it. Not everybody will like it, but no. people will like it. So, yeah. for example, your your restaurant, Monta. Yeah, yeah. You know, there are other restaurants in Newmarket, but people yeah. take, go out of their way to come to yours. Yeah. Uh, they go to places like Malik's because, not because there's a glittery sign that says "Come here," but because they know that when they go there, they'll be melt. You know, they'll be uh, treated like royalty, uh, and they will eat something which they will enjoy. And when they come out, they will feel much better than when they'd gone in. Yeah. If that happens, then you've captured that client, you've captured that customer, and they, you know, you will be successful. So. But yeah. if you go in and say, look, you know, I don't want to take the takeaway, Horson. I'm your yeah. I'll open a takeaway. I'll, yeah. I'll do it 50% less. Yeah. Then success is much more difficult. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, there are other situations like I've done it before where I've had a fantastic concept and, you know, I put my heart on my sleeve and I basically made that whole place my personality. But the, the I, I wouldn't say the word mistake either. What I learned from it was, that location was very important. Uh, the, the best idea in the world, but having the wrong location might not work for you as well, isn't it? So you've got to do your research and think, well, you know, I can't op open up a fine dining restaurant in, you know, uh, um, where, like, you know, somewhere where it shouldn't be, if you know what I mean. So location is another thing, isn't it? It, it is important, but again... Mm -hmm. People do go out of their way. Of course, if you open a caviar shop in the heart of uh, Berry Park in Luton, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Not yeah. many people would would go out yeah. of their way to come and buy caviar, unless you know that's the only shop that was available. Yeah. So of course, location is important, but I think location, uh, again, uh, anywhere you go, you know, as soon as you walk in, that's the place I'd like to visit again. And yeah. if that's in your mindset, if you, um want to do that when you visit a place that's the sort of attraction that you've got to do whenever you open your own business yeah so you know you've been to places where you think oh i'm never going to come here again yeah and again you want to avoid those types of situations 
It could be yeah. the individual. Now, you know, um, if you want to be in the hospitality business and you have no hospitality in you, then why get into that? Yeah. Do something else. Yeah. Um, you know, some people are meant to work and yeah. they do a good job. Let them carry on doing it. Yeah. Others are meant to inspire others and do things. And I think those people will succeed in business. Yeah. So, I mean, going back to yourself again, uh, you know, uh, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, failed projects, like because uh, in our community, the biggest uh, thing that we have is the fear of other people's opinions and the fear of failure. So a lot of the times we won't do something because we fear what the community is going to say. Oh, did you see he tried this? Well, l let me uh, give a, a vivid example. Yeah, he, ha he hasn't, you know, worked out for him or whatever. How do you overcome that, you know, like you failed at something, but it shouldn't be recognized as a failure. That's what I'm trying to get to, you know. And how do we overcome these sort of stereotypical kind of uh, thought processes? Sure. I mean, if we look at, you know, the Robert Maxwell example, yeah. Uh, I don't know whether people remember him. Right. He had a very successful uh, Mirror Group newspapers, you know, very successful newspaper and sort of media company. Yeah. And he was making a lot of money, very similar to what Rupert Murdoch was doing. Yeah. But then he started a project called the Independent, the, the I think it was called the European. Yeah. I think he, he uh, opened a newspaper called the European and he chucked money into that. Yeah. And he wanted that to succeed. Unfortunately, it sucked out a lot of you know, that big project, that project which, you know, almost became a, becomes a white elephant is yeah. the type of project to avoid. Yeah. So um, a lot of businesses that have failed, uh, a lot of successful businesses, business people that have failed in ongoing business is because they look at something and they, they don't know when to stop. Yeah. When you realize that this isn't going to work, yeah. you've invested enough time and effort into it, yeah. you just need to move on and use your time doing the next best thing available, yeah. and not just to keep on at it. Otherwise, um, your time, your effort and your money is wasted. Yeah, I think that's a, a beautiful advice because I think a, a lot of our uh, business community, when when businesses aren't working, they carry it on for so long un until they sort of get down on their knees and then kind of not, can't cope with the business anymore, isn't it? That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, and on, the, yeah. on the other side, on the other side, when you are successful, you've all also got to know when to then exit that business because when people have a successful business, yeah, um, they keep on at it beyond their expiration date so either yeah. they run out of steam but the restaurant keeps on going yeah. and or the business keeps on going and then it starts to lose its glitter uh, yeah. and you know it loses its way so Debenhams is an example yeah you know, a very successful business was very good at doing what it did it yeah. made a lot of money but yeah. then it lost its way it wasn't doing things to get back into stream with what was happening now so a lot more online business a lot more people wanting different types of things, not the traditional things that they kept on um, uh, sort of providing. And as a result, um, you know, they eventually ended up, you know, going bust. 
Likewise, yeah. when you've got a successful business, you think, right, okay, I've done the best I can from it. Yeah. I know I'm generating good money out of it. But now perhaps if I come out, others can take it a step further because my energy and my ability has reached the limit. Yeah. Um, either you come out and employ other people that can take it to the next step, um, whereas you might not be able to, or you sell out like I did with the SW group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you, you sold out of that because you kind of knew, well, this is where I've got to and I don't really want to take it any further, I, I, you know, and uh, that's the best business decision to make at that time, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, we had two and a half thousand cars in stock. Um, you know, yeah. our sales were, sales were at a record high. We were at record profitability. We'd come out of pandemic, but we're doing ex extraordinary uh, sales and activity. Yeah. But to continue that on required new vision, new ideas, new growth. Yeah. And, you know, um, perhaps I was getting to an age where I thought I couldn't continue to provide that level of support that the business required. And others that were younger than me that had more vision, more up and go, uh, we had an offer which was far too good to uh, say no to. Yeah. Um, they'd been uh, talking to us over several years, but then mm -hmm. they came to us at a point where we said, well, okay, you know, let's talk. Yeah, and uh, you know the the big motoring world um, uh, won the day, and they now own uh, our three locations from where we, we we traded very happily and very successfully for many years. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I just want to take you back a little bit um, because you know, like I said, a lot of you've got a lot of followers on Facebook, and a lot of people look at your life and. Uh, look how sort of wonderful it is but yeah, obviously it, you know you've worked hard to get to where you are I mean like where was your kind of like uh, a point where you kind of started your journey and thought you know I'm gonna make a success of myself did you have that I mean did you have that mindset that you are gonna make it successful whatever you do I mean you have to have that kind of mindset do, do you not agree well, absolutely. I mean, I became a chartered accountant because yeah. I wanted to be a chartered accountant. Yeah. You know, um, I wasn't after the money side of chartered accountancy, but yeah. that's something that appealed to me. Yeah. But I wanted to become a chartered accountant. Yeah. Um, helping me become a chartered accountant, I went into academia, I worked at eight different universities yeah. uh, at different levels um, because that's what I wanted to do. Side by side, I was able to, to pursue business interests with uh, partners with colleagues with with friends that yeah. then uh, became successful became mature over time yeah. um, so you know a lot of things happen um, because you want to do something and the money side is a byproduct of it so yeah. um, my PhD doesn't generate any more money but that's what I wanted I wanted a recognition an international recognition of what I had achieved and as yeah. a result, I, I pursued a PhD and, and was awarded by the university. So yeah. that then allowed me, um, the that gave me the uh, credibility yeah. to, to work for the World Bank, to, to go and spend time at Bangladesh Bank, um, sort of working as an international consultant, yeah. um, something that I really enjoyed. So those things followed on from that. Yeah. But, you know, um, you can be the best person in doing something, but you've got to then apply that knowledge and yeah. apply that ability. Otherwise, um, you know, 
the world doesn't know who you are or how to use your skill set yeah so so some for someone like me you're speaking to me or even a 20 year old or uh, uh me what 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 would you say like you know like like i've got my mindset right not completely right but i feel as though like you know if i don't go out there the opportunities are not going to come to me i can't sit at home and say yes why is my life not great you know why is my life like this you know i i've got to get out there and that's what i keep telling people like you know if you want to be a success you have to go and find these opportunities you have to go and meet people and do you believe that network you know the the word saying network is your net worth do you believe that thing i <laughs> know oh, absolutely i think um if yeah. i you know i wouldn't be where i am if i hadn't met some key individuals yeah. during my lifetime yeah um you know if my father hadn't guided me the way he had yeah. not to make money not to become the richest person not to become this not to become that but only to encourage me to do certain things i wouldn't be where i am yeah so i think absolutely networking is so important and again don't ever feel that you are the best in something because there's always somebody better yeah don't think you're the richest because there's always somebody richer yeah so if you keep remain humble yeah i think people will like you of course there are those that don't know you that will uh you know th- there are some that will always hate what you do yeah because they hate either you or your success or your yeah. personality or whatever yeah but those are people that you don't have to spend time with because yeah there's people that will love you not uh, on a fanatical basis but people that will respect what you do spend time with them yeah because they deserve uh, a reward for the respect that they've shown yeah so i mean or i would say one thing for example you have been successful in what you've done you've tried it you've looked at variations you've identified the best way of doing something to the highest quality to things to to price it well and people have enjoyed it and as a result doing it again and again you realize that this is something that you're good at now yeah. if that is the case the next step is to then replicate it uh, yourself with other partners or yeah. through some form of franchising agreement so that it allows you to then grow and share what you have learned and what you've enjoyed and what you've been successful with in other locations yeah. not all locations may be as successful but some may be more successful than others but at least you have tried it and it worked what you then need to identify is how can you then make it in a way which is much more successful so let me give you an example in bangladesh yeah um shard is a uh, you know a mishti uh, chain which you know sells sweets yeah. and and other stuff yeah now you know that they found that they were able to make product to a quality that people enjoyed people liked and people um reviewed well positively yeah yeah um so they said instead of just having that one shop we will franchise it out uh, and now they have i think over 500 different locations which means that anybody that wants to go and buy sweets shard is immediately next to them yeah so they don't need to go elsewhere it's made centrally and yeah. it's distributed out to all of these different shops which means the quality is the same whichever shop you go to and is centrally managed so that allowed them to sell that central product retain the quality at different outlets 
um, open to their standard, run and maintain to their standard, and therefore they have become successful everywhere. Yeah. Uh, especially around the Silad area. So yeah. that's an example of things that you can do. So if you're good at something, don't just stay at that one location. Try and spread the message. Yeah, yeah. I think that's very important that, you know, you kind of expand yourself. Um, not go away. I mean, stay with whatever your passion is because you'll soon realize what you're good at. And then, you know, you, you kind of go forward within that direction. Uh, so you know you 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 you're always kind of uh, ahead of everybody else because you know you're passionate about it and you enjoy what you do and it, it you know it it will it will happen, isn't it? So yeah, I just wanted to. Uh, so what after Kings Lynn did you move to Luton then after that? No, after obviously Kings Lynn, um, mm. I did my A levels. Then I went to university in London. Yeah, I spent three years there. In '86, yeah. um, I was offered a job at Price Waterhouse, which was yeah. one of the leading accountancy firm in the world. Yeah, uh, one of the big, big eight at the time. Then it became the big four. Yeah. Um. So I was offered a job at the Southwark Towers, um, the tallest tower in in the uh, city at the time. Yeah. Um, so I was offered a job there, but luckily, before I took the job up. Um, they had opened a branch in St. Albans. Yeah. Um, and that was more appealing because it was a brand new branch, um, you know, partners, everybody was very geared up. So I showed an interest in that and they transferred me to St. Albans. Yeah. Um, on my three-year training contract. Um, and the nearest location where, uh, you know, um, halal food and so on was available was Luton. Yeah. So um, my my first house purchase was in Luton. Yeah. Uh, to which I bought my parents. As soon as I started work, I said, look, um, the restaurant in Kings Lynn, uh, I don't want you to carry on with that. Uh, yeah. We sold the lease. We came, uh, bought my parents to Luton and then retired them to Bangladesh yeah. within two, three months. Yeah. Uh, because that's what my father wanted to do. He wanted to really spend time in Bangladesh. Yeah. So uh, he went back uh, in 89 uh, to Bangladesh with my mum. Uh, and my younger brother, um, during that summer, uh, so I was uh, sort of, uh, I, I surprised marriage. My father had arranged a surprise <laughs> marriage. So my married life started much earlier than I'd expected in 89. Oh, okay. Um, so from 89 onwards, um, I've been in or around Luton yeah. um, and, uh, you know, moved away. So we sold off our uh, various things in, in Kings Lynn uh, and sort of focused in uh, in Luton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, um, where do you get your self-confidence from? Because I think that's one of the key ingredients to, you know, uh, uh, being either a successful entrepreneur or being whatever you you, you want to be in life. I think confidence is a key ingredient, isn't it? What would you say is the two or three ingredients that you... Obviously, passion, obviously, is the first one, you know, and I believe confidence as well, you know, so... I think say? reading, you know, people yeah. don't read enough. Yeah. Read about things. You know? Yeah. Um, when you read uh, about Nelson Mandela, he yeah. spent 27 years in prison in yeah. uh, almost, um, you know, secure environment in, in sort of isolation. But he never gave up hope. He believed yeah. that one day uh, righteousness will come to play yeah. uh, and the good will uh, prevail evil 
and that he would be free. And that hope, hope did come true. Yeah, you know, he was freed, and he did bring his country uh, into uh, you know a new age and became its first president, first yeah. black president. So I think um, you know if you read about things, you realize that if others are able to um, you know retain hope and continue under difficult circumstances with that hope in mind, why can't I? So being able to stay positive whatever the circumstance and saying you know good things will come in bad times and in bad times remaining humble that you know in good times remaining humble that sometimes bad things may happen yeah that we need to overcome those are two things that you do need yeah. to bear in mind yeah no i think uh, everybody's going through a difficult time at the moment especially within the hospitality industry and um and i think uh, that's the message we need to get across really that you know uh, self-belief, self-confidence, and, you know, uh, I think self-development is the key to it. And like you're saying, reading, you know, like uh, I, I read a lot of autobiographies, you know, even on uh, sort of Richard Branson and the latest one I've been doing it, James Khan, who has a very, very similar humble upbringing to every person that we know, you know. Uh, uh, grew up in London. His father op- uh, had a, a, a clothes shop, and you know the journey can relate to a lot of us within the community. So you, when you try and find out about the success of other people's lives, the journey is quite similar, but how you look at the journey is the important thing. You know, so you know, like, is there a is there a big quote that you can say? Like, one of my favorite quotes is, you know, from Muhammad Ali. He says, you know, if I was a bin man, I would be the best bin man in the world. So it doesn't matter what you do or what job you do, just be the best at it. (laughs) Absolutely, I think again, if you don't enjoy what you do, stop doing it. Yeah, nobody's forcing you to carry on. Yeah, stop doing it. Do everybody a favor and do something else. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I I think uh, I I would say look, Allah doesn't look at somebody's face or somebody's pockets. Allah looks at their heart and the actions that they do. Yeah. So if you're sincere in what you do in business with your friends with your family, yeah. then that sincerity will shine through. Yeah. regardless of what the weather is like. Yeah. So I think remaining sincere, remaining humble, and accepting that sometimes things may go wrong and moving yeah. on with that, and yeah. then thanking Allah for the good things that happen in our lives yeah. is so important. But one thing we must remember, most of our life is repetition. Look back at the last 100 days. Yeah. You probably repeated the same thing each day for several hours, without even thinking that I'm just repeating myself every day. Yeah. So a lot of our lives are repetitive. So yeah. again, if we can bring some, and this is why I do the things I do, yeah. is to break out of that repetitiveness and do something different in a new location, new experience, a new um, food, new um, area, new visual. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that is what life is all about. It's not just yeah. sort of continually doing, you know, your nine till five. It's yeah. you know, sometimes taking a day off and, and spending some time, you know, looking at some uh, nature or some animals or whatever. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's uh, you've hit the nail on the head. It's really important to have a good work-life balance because if you're constantly working, uh, your creative mind blocks, doesn't it? So, you know, you can't be productive anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So, Sanurbhai, uh, I just want to say a massive thank you for your time. And uh, uh, it's, it, we've had a little bit of an insight into sort of your sort of beginnings and your career and stuff like that. I wish we could do it longer, but I know no. how busy you are and stuff like that. So, um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, no, I mean, if you had any final thoughts, like I said, my kind of thing that I believe in now, like I said, self-belief is the first one, you know, self-confidence, self-development. And, you know, like you said, the important thing is research and read, you know, ab- about different things and that will w- broaden your horizon, definitely. Well, you know, if information is king, yeah. then in we, we live in the information age. Information yeah. is at the touch of a button. So you can go in, you know, if you want to learn how to service your car, just go to YouTube and say, how do I service, you know, my Audi? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it will show you. if it, You know, so we live in an information world. Um, you've never had it as easy as now to set up yeah. business, to do different things, do things that you could have never imagined before. So yeah. I say to everyone, get out there, do things, and then things will work. If you carry on doing your nine to five and think, that is my life. Only uh, Sanawar has it because he's been lucky. Yeah. That's the wrong attitude to have. Absolutely. Look at what I've done. I haven't done anything special. Yeah. The businesses that I've had aren't anything special. We've just done it in a slightly different way. Yeah. And it's been successful. Your yeah. business is nothing special. It's just yeah. that you passion and a bit of difference, which yeah. means that customers are coming and you're able to price accordingly. So. Yeah. You don't have to be special to be successful. No. Go out there, do things, persevere, and seek advice. Advice is all around. Uh, yeah. Information age is everywhere. And then yeah. you also have those people like yourself, like myself yeah. and others yeah. that are willing to provide that help that didn't yeah. exist in the 70s and 80s. In the 80s, yeah. you got burnt in doing something. Now you can see others being burnt so that you can avoid those pitfalls so yeah. go out there and get on with it oh fantastic fantastic that's a fantastic bit of advice not just for the youth for um entrepreneurs of any age and uh, an important thing is you know like the kfc founder you know at any age you can achieve anything so mm-hmm. um, that's the message that we need to get across thank you very much Dr. Sanwar Chaudhary, uh, thank you for your time. And stay I, hope well. someone, yeah, I hope someone will uh, get some sort of good message from this. <laughs> thank you. Salaam alaikum. Salaam alaikum.